right, everyone. Welcome to episode seven of Wrestling with Wrestling on the Rational Rage Network. I am your host, SVS. Uh, right off the bat, I'm going to apologize to you guys. I've been away for a while. You know, real life has uh, kind of reared its ugly head. I've had to deal with some things. Um, you know, it's been a little busy. I had to kind of get away from some things for a bit, you know. You guys know how it is. Real life sometimes kicks your ass and you gotta deal with some serious shit. But I'm back now. I've made my return. Just like hopefully Bray Wyatt will be soon. That's what all signs are pointing to, but... That's something I'm gonna say for a little later in this episode, but we will be talking about that. What I want to start off with right off the bat is uh, mentioning the passing of a legend. I'm sure many of you know, some of you may not know. The great Antonio Anoki, wrestling legend from Japan, has uh, sadly passed away, age 79, so had a pretty good long life, you know. Um, it was said that he had some health issues, um, you know, so that combined with being 79 can happen. Uh, for those of you who don't know, man, I mean, this guy is a wrestling legend. He helped found New Japan Pro Wrestling in 1972. New Japan is, uh, you know, they're they're the kings over there in Japan. They're they're WWE's biggest competitor, uh, at least in Asia. That even feels weird to say. I feel like WWE would be technically the competitor because New Japan that's that's their area. They run that. And Inoki founded that. Um, you know, he's he's one of these guys that I like that, you know, has that legit background. You know, I've said this a few times on the show. I think you guys know um, I'm not just a pro wrestling fan. I'm also a fan of, like, I hate to say things like real wrestling or actual wrestling. But, you know, I, I'm a fan of people that practice wrestling uh, in the combative sense, in the competitive sense as well as pro wrestling, you know, people that are well-versed in catch-as-catch-can wrestling, Olympic wrestling, guys like Kurt Angle, Brock Lesnar, Bobby Lashley, just to name a few, and uh, Inoki was one of these guys, um, he was amongst a group of uh, professional wrestlers who were tutored in the art of hook and shooting, which, you know, is pretty similar to catch-as-catch-can. I mean, from 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 what I'm to understand, this is kind of an oversimplification. We could probably spend a whole episode talking about these nuances, but for the sake of this segment right now, we'll just say hooking and shooting, shoot fighting, shoot wrestling. You know, that, this basically like catches catch can. For those of you who don't know, catches catch can is uh, basically you know your quote unquote real wrestling. It's the wrestling style that pro wrestling sort of evolved from. Um. Yeah, a little different from Greco-Roman uh, freestyle, you know, there's a, there's a lot more, it's a little bit more like I guess you would say no holds barred, Greco-Roman, um, things of that nature have these kind of rules and it's called catch-as-catch-can because you do whatever you can, it, whatever's thrown at you, if you can catch a foot, a hand, a finger, whatever, you grab it and you wrestle, you do something with it, catch-as-catch-can. So. Inoki was part of this group of wrestlers who I believe also included the giant Baba, who's another legend. Um, they were tutored in the art of hook and shooting by uh, 
professional wrestler by the name of Carl Gotch, who those of you may know that uh, is a guy that I'm very fond of. Um, you know, guy from way, way back when. Um, one of these quote-unquote real wrestlers, I'll say, like, uh, just like, um, you know, Luthez and Billy Robinson, those kind of guys. And, um, yeah, Noki learned from him. And uh, Noki uh, sort of crafted his style from him and uh, called his method strong style. That may sound familiar to you guys. Shinsuke Nakamura, the king of strong style. Uh... Inoki, going back to what I was saying earlier about the different styles, you know, he was also an early pioneer of MMA. You know, when I did the Judo Jean LaBelle tribute, I mentioned that he had the first ever what many would consider legit MMA match against a boxer. And I said that a lot of people didn't know that and had a misconception. Well, that misconception was that Inoki had the first ever one. He did not, but he had, I think, probably the more famous one. Because his opponent, in what many people thought was the first ever MMA match, was the greatest, the king, Muhammad Ali. In 1976, Antonio Inoki and Ali fought to a draw. Inoki, you may have seen some famous pictures of Inoki doing these drop kicks to Ali. Afterwards, there's another famous photo of Ali in his hotel room where his whole legs are just covered in ice because of how badly uh, Inoki fucked him up with those kicks. Um, you know, he he was trying to put together fights with different fighters of different styles, uh, judokas, boxers, karate guys, kung fu guys. I mean, he, he was one of these early MMA pioneers. Um, and, you know, he, he also got into uh, politics. Um... You know, he was uh, elected to the House of Counselors. That's a governmental body in Japan. And, I mean, this guy did some legendary shit, man. They could do a movie or a series off of this guy. Uh, during his first term with the House of Counselors in Japan, Antonio Inoki successfully negotiated with Saddam Hussein for the release of Japanese hostages before the outbreak of the Gulf War. You know, he, he got Japanese citizens released from North Korea, traveled to North Korea to do it. I mean, this dude's a G, man. He, he was a legend. Uh, you know, what else can I say about him? Um, you know, he um, he wrestled for a bit uh, stateside. Um, one thing that kind of, that I only recently discovered and kind of sucks, but he defeated... Uh, then WWF heavyweight champion Bob Backlund uh, defeated him in Japan to win the WWF championship. Antonio Inoki held the WWF championship, but for some reason it uh, it's not recorded in their official history. Not really sure why, but it's not. It was a short run. Uh, he beat Bob Backlund on November seventh. Uh, excuse me, November thirtieth, nineteen seventy nine. Back, Bob Backlund then won a rematch on December 6th. Um, you know, so it sounds like it was one of those really short runs, like uh, my boy Undertaker's first ever title run when he beat Hogan at Survivor Series and then uh, lost it a couple days later at an event called This Tuesday in Texas. Weird name for an event. Neither here nor there. Anyways, uh, so Bob Backlund won the belt back in a rematch on December 6th. After losing it November 30th. Uh, however, then WWF president 
Hisashi Shinma declared the rematch a no contest due to interference from Tiger Jeet Singh. And Inoki remained champion. Inoki refused the title on the same day, however, and it was declared vacant. Weird and interesting story there, but I thought it was pretty cool. Very interesting. Uh, he wrestled his last match in 1998 against Don the Predator Fry. For you guys who are also MMA fans, you'll know that name. You know, uh, he also appeared in uh, one of my favorite uh, animes, uh, Baki the Grappler. You know, this guy did a lot of stuff, man. Uh, Inoki, um, he also uh, headlined two shows in North Korea that drew 165,000 and 190,000 spectators. The highest attendances uh, in professional wrestling history ever. You know, that's, that's pretty awesome. And uh, I believe the event that had um, 190,000 was him wrestling uh, the Nature Boy, Ric Flair. So yeah, man, Antonio Noki, wrestling legend. He was inducted to the WWE Hall of Fame in 2010. Um... Another legend gone, man. Uh, sad to see, but you know, thankfully he lived a pretty long life. And uh, you know, I did not do this uh, with um, Judo Gene, but Antonio Noki was a lot more heavily involved in the business. So I'm going to sort of take a cue from uh, some of the big time promotions and give this man, this legend, the old 10 bell salute. Antonio Anoki, 79, no longer with us, rest in peace. So, now that that uh, has been covered, let's go on to some uh, more fun things, uh, staying in that realm. How dope was it seeing the great Muta show up on AEW? I thought that was pretty cool. Um, I know I've sort of jokingly uh, criticized... AEW called them all debut wrestling, which, by the way, I'm not taking credit for coining, but, you know, I've, I've, I've ran with that joke as well because it seems like they uh, just keep stacking their roster and keep doing all these debuts and stuff, but, you know, sometimes it's just fun. Sometimes it's just about the moment. Vince, Vince McMahon was right about that, and, uh, you know, I don't know if they're going to do anything with Great Muda, but it was sure, sure cool seeing them show up on AEW. I, I like their relationship with New Japan and acknowledging them. Uh, speaking about stacked rosters and AEW, is Andrade leaving? You know, um, I was just catching up with AEW, uh, today, and, uh, I saw that he, uh, challenged, I believe it's number 10 from the Dark Order, 
to a match said uh you know if if i win you take off your mask and uh tan said well i agree but if i win you're done so this is a mask versus career match and um this is interesting you know first of all i like it just in general because i like these kind of stipulation matches um you know it's kind of an old old staple in a uh, wrestling um is Ten going to remove his mask? Or is Andrade leaving? There's speculation that it could be the latter. I mean, you know, he uh, has, you know, had some involvement from what I hear from the, the uh, excuse me, I am tongue-tied tonight, with this hashtag, uh, Free El Idolo. Um, people are saying that he hasn't been used well, and it seems a lot of people agree. He might agree as well. Um, he's apparently sent out some tweets, um, you know, that, that apparently hint at his displeasure, you know, and his wife works for WWE and, you know, from what I'm to understand, he enjoyed his time in NXT. Triple H sure used him well and respected him. He was a world champion in NXT. He won their championship, their highest prize. And he did well. He had a great program with Alistair Black, um, another person who, ironically, is having some similar stories. Uh, you know, it's interesting. But maybe he won't. Maybe uh, some of the tweets and some of the other things, uh, seeming displeasure, maybe some of that is uh, red herrings. You know, uh, Miro, a.k.a. FKA Rusev, uh, had liked some tweets saying that he had had it better in WWE. And it seemed like there was some displeasure, but then lately, uh, a lot of insider reports are saying that he is not part of this, uh, you know, rumored mass exodus, that he is apparently fine with AEW and staying put there. So, I mean, who knows? Some of these people, maybe they have issues, and uh, old TK smooths it over, maybe dumps some money in their lap. Or maybe, you know, maybe it's all just smoke screens. Maybe they just send out these signals just to, you know, mess with us fans. You know, uh, red herrings to try to sort of keep kayfabe alive, if you will. You know, it's hard for traditional kayfabe to work in the old-fashioned, traditional way. You know, we all know this is all a work. We all know that wrestling is, is a performance. So how do you really keep the kayfabe? Well... Maybe you start faking the stuff that we think is real. Maybe you start faking the the news reports, the backstage stuff about contracts and, and whether or not somebody wants to leave a company or not, you know. I don't know. Who knows? So I'll just spitballing here. But but it's interesting. I mean, you know, AEW's had a lot of this drama lately. Uh, kind of feels like things are not uh, going well. The honeymoon phase is over. Uh, I don't think they're going to go anywhere. But it definitely seems like they're having issues with that stuff. And, uh, you know, is Andrade uh, another victim of that? Personally, I like the guy. I liked him in NXT. Um, he is just one of many names on that wall of people that, uh, you know, were really well used in NXT. Great gimmicks great stories they could really showcase their physical talents and abilities but then when they got to the main roster uh it didn't really work out that way that's one of the reasons why some of these people or if not the main reason why a lot of these people uh, are now in AEW. but 
you know, now that Triple H is running things and things are looking a lot better, um, are some of these people waiting to see how things play out? Are they going to see how uh, guys like Johnny Gargano starts getting back to them and saying, oh man, you know, it's so much better? And are they going to want to be back? Because look, at the end of the day, WWE is still the Mecca. They're still the Super Bowl. They're still, you know, if you've grown up watching wrestling as a kid and just being mesmerized by the spectacle and thinking, I want to do that, then you're not thinking, and I and keep in mind, you know, I'm not doing the tribalism thing here. I, I love AEW. I love a lot of the stuff that they do. I'm, I'm fairly critical of them as well when, when it's, when it, deserves it just like with wwe but you know if you if you grew up as that kid and you were entranced by all that and and you said you want to do that you're not thinking that you want to win the AEW championship at a double or nothing from uh you know moxley or adam page or kenny omega no you're thinking that you want to win the wwf title excuse me the wwe title at Wrestlemania you know that's what you're thinking of that's what you want I think that's still what a lot of people want but a lot of these wrestlers were turned off by seeing how things were being run for a long time for the past 20 years which you know on the one hand yeah you blame Vince but on the other hand it's almost like how can you blame him because he had no competition so why wouldn't he book for himself you know not endorsing that behavior but I'm saying it makes sense, you know, why we ended up in the situation we did. And that's the biggest reason, if nothing else, why I think we should be glad for AEW, because it's keeping everyone on their toes and it's it's creating a good product, uh, at least right now anyway, with uh, Triple H running things. So I don't know, man. Is, uh, is this all a smokescreen? Is there going to be a dusty finish and nothing happens? Is is Ten taking off his mask or... Uh, you know, is, is Andrade leaving for greener pastures? Is he heading back uh, home where he came from to be with Charlotte? Who knows? Uh, you know, if he did, it might it might help them out a bit because he hasn't been used a lot. Um, and uh, what he has been used in hasn't exactly been the most gripping storyline. You know, some of that, I think, is due to AEW being so stacked. They're just... They're just too stacked, you know? A lot of people aren't being uh, used right. A lot of people came in and had a good little initial run and then kind of got forgotten. Because they got so many people, they don't know what the fuck to do with them. So, well, you know, which brings me to another uh, little bit of news that I found out recently. Uh, Mia Yim, her contract is apparently up soon. Um... Those of you might remember, she had a pretty good run in NXT. Came up to WWE, didn't really do much, and then they put her in that stupid uh, Antifa spoofing group, uh, Retribution. She was one of their members, wearing some goofy mask and acting like one of those riot people, you know? Uh, so then that went nowhere, and uh, I believe she was released in those waves of cuts after cuts after cuts. She's with Impact now. Uh, she's apparently part of a group of people that signed uh, smaller term deals. And I think her contract is up this month in October. Sometime after, uh, I think their pay-per-view this month is Bound for Glory. And I think her paper, her contract is going to be up uh, two days after that. Um, you know, what, what's going to happen there? You know, um, 
she might want to go to WWE if she had a great relationship with Triple H and enjoyed her time in NXT, which I'm assuming she did. She might want to go to AEW to be with her husband. For those of you who don't know, her husband is uh, Keith Lee, who is doing pretty good right now in AEW. You know, the, the, the roster is really stacked. But, you know, this is a bit of a double-edged sword because... Okay, let's say she goes to WWE. Let's say this max this mass exodus in AEW does happen and all these people go to WWE. Well, shit, now WWE is going to have the same problem that AEW has right now. So we're in this weird position where, you know, if you're a wrestling fan, I mean, I've said this before, I'll say it again. If, you, if you're a wrestling fan, especially if you live... Eat, sleep, breathe wrestling. Which, you know, I, I don't. I love pro wrestling, but I'm not quite there. I also have some other passions like martial arts, uh, combat sports, sports, movies, um, video games. But, but wrestling's up there. Then this is like the time to be alive. I mean, you got WWE with two brands. Three brands, actually. Raw, SmackDown, and at NXT. AEW. Uh, New Japan Impact. Uh, hell, if you if you want to catch indie stuff, you know we got stream services like Fight TV, which shows like GCW and um, you know all these like indie promotions that that have their shows. I mean, this is a hell of a time. There's like almost, it's almost like there's too much wrestling, you know. And if you're a wrestling mega fan, if this is your life, then I'm sure you're thinking, how can there be too much? But I feel like there is. There's too many great wrestlers, so I mean, you know, it's interesting, uh, the situation. And uh, none of these people seem to mention going to Japan much, which I find fascinating. Um, There's definitely some people that I think would be interesting to watch in New Japan. Uh, Guys like Miro, guys like uh, Andrade, Malachi Black, that that would be very interesting. But yeah, we don't know what Mia Yim's going to do. Um, I feel like the likelihood is that she's going to go to AEW to be with her husband, but, you know, who who knows? She might go back to WWE. Uh, it'll be interesting to see, or she might stay with Impact if she enjoys it. You know, I gotta be honest, I don't follow Impact a ton. I don't keep up with a lot of their news, so I don't know if people are happy over there. But, you know, it, it could happen. Uh, more debuts. Uh, Paige who now goes by what I believe is her real name, Soraya, or Soraya. There seems to be a debate on that. I believe it's Soraya. Um, She debuted on AEW. We don't know if she's going to wrestle yet. I think she still needs to be medically cleared. And there's debate, uh, speculation about, uh, you know, her not being cleared before. Is it that she's really not medically cleared or... Was WWE saying, well, maybe you got another doctor to tell you what you want, but we're not going to clear you. Which makes sense. WWE is a publicly traded company. They have a board to answer to. They have multi-million dollar sponsors. Um, It's a liability thing. They don't want to look bad. They don't want sponsors. They don't want Susan G. Komen and Connors Cure and all these organizations saying, hey, how can we heard about this poor young British girl uh, snapping her neck in the ring? You know, when you already knew that her neck was bad. 
you know, WWE doesn't want that, and I don't blame them. Why would they? So they're steering clear of all that. Totally get it. Um, so, yeah, I don't know. Uh, I think she's going to see a, a doctor that works with AEW. Uh, some people were kind of uh, uh, getting on her last promo work, which, you know, it wasn't the best, but come on, guys. She's a little rusty. She's been out of the game since... When's the last time she wrestled? It was like 2017. It's a while ago. And uh, she was around for a little bit after that in the managerial role. I think she played like a general manager on SmackDown for a bit. But still, it's been quite a few years since she cut a promo. Give her a little bit of breaks. I think she's going to, uh, you know, find her groove again. And she's going to do pretty good there. Whether or not she's going to wrestle, that's... Uh, that is something... To, to see. Speaking of all those exoduses we were talking about earlier, the rumor about, you know, Andrade leaving. Now there's rumors that Buddy Matthews might be leaving. Which is interesting, because, you know, he's House of Black, which was led by Malachi Black. Who left? You know, um, he's been granted a conditional release. Um, I'm sure he would love to be with his wife, uh, Zelina Vega back in WWE. I know he enjoyed his uh, time in NXT. Everything I just said about Andrade, you can copy paste to uh, to Malachi Black. You know, when he was in NXT as Alistair Black, he had a great run. Triple H knew how to use him. He he let him do what he wanted to do. He worked with his gimmick. Had a great run as their world champion, as NXT champion. Then when he got up to WWE, Vince didn't get him apparently didn't know what to do with him. So, you know, he got disgruntled, went to, to AEW, formed the House of Black with Buddy Matthews. Malachi Black left, so now it's just been Buddy Matthews and Brody uh, with, um, what's her name, is it Julia Hart as a tag team? But now there's rumors that Buddy Matthews is leaving. So, I mean, I don't know. Um, he apparently sent out a tweet... Uh, with a gif from Seinfeld <laughs> where uh, the character Elaine says the word fake but he didn't he didn't uh, reference anything he just tweet tweeted that gif and that was it so maybe he's not um, hopefully he's not I'm a big fan of House of Black um, of course I liked it better when Malachi Black was there and he was leading it but Buddy and Brody as a tag team with uh, with Julia Hart that works. I like it. I like it a lot. But, you know, if he were to leave, and if he were to come back to WWE, I mean, come on, in, in real life, for those of you who don't know, he's dating Rhea Ripley, who's part of Judgment Day, and House of Black, similar to Judgment Day. Judgment Day is currently feuding with Rey Mysterio, who Buddy Matthews was feuding with. You know, if he did go back to WWE, I mean, there'd, there'd kind of be some, some really easy stuff to work him into. I mean, it would write itself, practically. You could even have some inner dissent, because, you know, when when Buddy Matthews was in WWE and feuding with Rey Mysterio and the Mysterio family, he was apparently dating Rey's daughter. So, you know, that could cause dissent with him and Dominic. I mean, I'm just spitballing here off the top of my head. I mean, I'm just saying, if he went back to WWE, you know, there, there's options there definitely some stuff could happen um but i don't know i mean he did tweet that thing with the gif that said fake and 
it seems like he has a good thing. The House of Black has been used and seemingly seemingly used pretty good. Um, but uh, yeah, you know, it, it's interesting. All these people that might want to leave and and are not having a good time with how they're being used, and the roster being so stacked. You know what this really comes down to is uh, Rampage really should be two hours. It really should be two hours, and. Um, you know, I know that's like another hour of wrestling people have to watch, but if you're like me, you don't watch it live. I sure don't watch Rampage live. It's a Friday night show. I'm usually out doing something, but, you know, I watch it the next day. Like, I watched last night's Rampage uh, this morning. Uh, right now I'm recording on Saturday, October 1st. Hopefully you guys will be hearing this uh, Sunday, October 2nd. And, uh, you know, I caught up with Rampage today while I was doing stuff around the house. Um... And if it was another hour, that would have been just as fine. So yeah, man, I think that they should really uh, make Rampage two hours, give more wrestlers more of a chance to shine. But, you know, that's uh, definitely not my decision, of course. I'm just some podcaster. But, um, you know, it might not be Tony Khan's decision either. Maybe it's up to TNT. Maybe they don't want to do it. Who knows? But, uh, you know, at the earlier the episode, I mentioned uh, Bray Wyatt and his potential return. Um, this has been interesting. Um, there's all there's this stuff that's going on right now. Um, I first found this out when I went to the taping of Raw on uh, September 18th, I believe it was, in San Jose. Um, they went to commercial, and normally when they go to commercial, they show you uh, when you're in the arena... Uh, they show you ads for WWE Shop, and they do, they do things that you see at sporting events, like, uh, you know, sporting events you see, like, kiss cams, or, oh, let's see you dance or something. Like, they do stuff like that. They do this thing where they're like, oh, let's see you uh, do a DX crotch chop, and they show, the, they put the camera on people doing the DX chop. Um, another time they show people holding up their signs, and they read the signs, you know? So, like, they do things like that, have their own, like, little commercials advertising Connor's Cure or WWE Shop or whatever. But this one commercial break, the lights went out, and they started playing that song, White Rabbit. And I was like, what the hell is this? And my friend that I was with said, oh yeah, apparently they've been doing this for a few days now, and now there's been more signs, you know, there's QR codes in the backgrounds of shows that you got to catch and try to scan, and... It leads you to these cryptic websites with cryptic messages and stuff. And, you know, it seems like all signs are pointing to Bray Wyatt. And I really hope so, because those of you who know me know that I do like characters like Bray Wyatt. I mean, hell, you hear me gushing about Malachi Black and House of Black. You've heard me say that my goat, my forever goat, is The Undertaker. So I like that kind of stuff. I like these dark characters. I like some of that supernatural stuff, but... Just like with the goofiness, I like it when it's done right, and I like it in small doses. So, Bray Wyatt is one of the people that does it right. That man is is a, is a genius, um, and I hope he's coming back. I was a little disappointed because it seemed like he was going to come back on SmackDown because one of the big hints uh, said 9.23. SmackDown had an episode that aired on September 23rd, but he was not at that SmackDown, so now it seems like he's likely going to debut at Extreme Rules if he does come back. Which is fine, you know, it's probably better that he is at a pay-per-view anyway. Um, now, what happens if he comes back? What, what, do, what do they do? Um, there's a rumor 
there was a rumor, but now it's uh, seemingly like it's just, you know, for lack of a better term, fan fiction, speculation. Uh, but people were suggesting that he may uh, create a stable as soon as he's back and that Karrion Cross might be part of it. Um, I forget who else, but they're going to mention several other people. And the idea, I think, was that his last gimmick where he ran the Firefly Funhouse, which is so demented and, like, genius. Um, I mean, come on, like an evil, twisted Mr. Rogers? Like, you know. And, I mean, some of the stuff that they showed in those, those segments was actually really disturbing. Like, I, I loved it. So if you remember that, he had these little puppet characters, just like Mr. Rogers would have. So the rumor was that some of these people in the stable would be the in the real life incarnation of those puppets. So for example, there was a witch. They were saying that would be Scarlet, and Carrion Cross would be uh, I think there was like a uh, a bunny rabbit or something. Um, then there was like also like a pig, and I forget who they said might also be in the stable, and would be the pig. I you know. This is all just speculation. I don't know if they're going to do that. Um, if they were to... You know, I, I don't know how I would feel about that. Um, all I know is that if it's something that Bray Wyatt thought of, I feel like it would probably end up being really good. Because to the best of my understanding, he's come up with a lot of the stuff that we've seen of him. And I mean, like I say, I think I think the other guy's a genius. And... Um, Whatever he does, I'm sure it's going to be good. I just can't wait to see him back, and I just cannot wait to see him being used properly. Because, you know, as someone who's a big Undertaker fan, you know, I knew that we were only going to have him for so long, and it would be great to have something to fill that void. And it seemed that Bray was that void, but Vince obviously, like, you know, I sound like a fucking broken record, but yet again, this is somebody that Vince did not really use right, even though Bray Wyatt was used a lot better than a lot of other people. He did have some great epic moments and stuff. But again, not to his full potential. And, you know, again, not saying it's okay, but it's also like, well, you can understand too, because Vince had his Undertaker in The Undertaker. Well, Taker seemingly is finally retired for good, and Triple H does not have his own Undertaker. But in NXT, he did with Bray Wyatt. So... I'm hoping he comes back. I'm excited to see him, and I hope that he fills the void that was left behind now that The Undertaker is retired. So we'll see. Maybe he shows up at Extreme Rules. Fingers crossed. Which, by the way, that's uh, going to be a week from tomorrow. Or if you are listening to this on Sunday, October 2nd, then a week from today. I'm um, looking forward to that. I find it interesting that every match has a stipulation instead of just all these matches being extreme rules and that's it, you know? There's like a ladder match, there's a strap match, I think there's an I quit, you know, there's, there's actual stipulation matches. Like, that's interesting and I'm I'm really looking forward to it. Uh, the other brand, NXT, you know, they, they hinted that they were dropping the, uh, the 2.0 gimmick the the 2.0 vibe or branding if you will where it just looks like somebody vomited neon paint everywhere which you know i've heard some people be in favor of they said it felt like it had more life more personality than black and gold nxt uh you know call me dull but i preferred nxt black and gold um 
I prefer the way the product is being run. I like that some of the people down there were indie darlings. Or at the very least, you know, people like Sasha Banks and the Four Horsewomen, um, who, you know, well, I don't think Charlotte counts in this, but Becky, Bailey, and Sasha do, where um, they were actual fans of wrestling growing up, legit fans, diehard fans who lived, eat, and breathed this. A lot of people in NXT right now are just pretty people. They hire unknowns that, um, you know, have like good looks, a lot of Instagram followers, and who have athleticism and say, hey, you want to be a wrestler? That's what it seems like. You know, I remember seeing the real-life Instagrams of people like, you know, say like Bailey, for example, you know, and she'd like show like her little dog or something. But like in the background, in the living room behind the dog, you'd see like a poster or a Funko Pop of Macho Man. You'd see like classic wrestling on her television. You knew that she was a wrestling fan. She was obsessed with Macho Man, just like Sasha Banks was with the late, great Eddie Guerrero. You know, but then when I go to these profiles of people that are in NXT 2.0, they look like any other Instagram model I see. Just all these booty shots, all these shots of them driving a fancy car, sitting on the hood of a fancy car, looking all good, you know? Like, I don't, I can't tell if these are wrestlers, you know? And I mean, you know, not saying that there's anything wrong with some of these people getting involved in the business. Some of them can turn out to be great. Uh, the reason why I excluded Charlotte from my s earlier statement about 30 seconds ago is because she did not really want to be a wrestler, to the best of my opinion, at first. You know, it wasn't until the tragic death of her brother that she kind of really kind of got into it and wanted to kind of help carry that torch. But before that, I, th I think she had no desire to, you know, and, and she turned out great. So, you know, you know, who who knows, you know, um, so, but uh, that said, you know, Shawn Michaels is back in charge of NXT. Uh, I'm sure Triple H is kind of running it as well with him. And I think they're going to change the feel and the identity of it to go back to black and gold. And I'm sure it's not going to be exactly the same, but it's probably going to be some kind of hybrid of the two. Uh, from what I've heard, they pre-taped, I think, two or three episodes in a row several weeks ago, and they haven't taped another one since. So I'm thinking and hoping that maybe that means that they're rebuilding a new uh, performance center set, a new set for where they shoot the shows. And, uh, you know... I'm not saying they have to go all the way back to just the old school black and gold NXT, but it felt cool, you know? It felt like a real legit indie promotion, which is what it was kind of trying to be, as well as a developmental league. 2.0 kind of feels like that with all these, like, you know, nobodies there, but I mean, it also just kind of reeks of that WWE overproduction, you know, with all those neon colors everywhere and shit, you know? So. I don't know. I'm not trying to shit on NXT 2.0. It's been kind of fun here and there. There's definitely people that I like. I'm a fan of Braun Breaker and Tony D'Angelo and uh, definitely a fan of Nikita Lyons. And, um, you know, they, they definitely have some good stuff going on there. So, you know, we'll, we'll see. That's going to be interesting to see how that plays out as well. And, uh, you know, I mentioned Sasha Banks earlier. The speculation about her now, too. You know, they're saying that they were going to bring her and, and Naomi back now that uh, the people that she had the most issues with, Vince and John Laurinaitis, are long gone. And, you know, it seems like she and Naomi had a great relationship with Triple H, but, you know, she she has not been back yet. Her and, her and Naomi have not been back yet. And, 
you know, I was theorizing for a long time that, you know, they'd come back at the end of the women's tag tournaments and attack the winners and say, you know, no, we're the true women's champions. You know, we never lost those titles. But that never happened. They still haven't been around. And now Sasha Banks has changed her social media um, profiles to say her real name, Mercedes Renato. And people are speculating that, you know, maybe this means that she's not coming back. Maybe her and Naomi are done. Um, you know, I don't know. Um, if that is, I hope that they're happy doing whatever they do. But as a fan, it sucks for me because, you know, I I sure miss seeing Sasha on my TV. Um, but what's interesting is in the bio, she wrote The Mandalorian and wrote a character's name. And then she wrote Professional Wrestler and wrote Sasha Banks. So... I don't know. Maybe she is coming back still. Maybe it's another red herring. This whole real-life kayfabe thing. Or, you know, maybe uh, she'll just be on, like, a part-time status. Maybe she's putting her real name because she wants that to be out there for other promotional things. You know, she's been doing a lot of promotion stuff lately. I've seen her doing a lot of modeling work, and her and a few other wrestlers have been advertising uh, some sort of CBD so, I mean, maybe she's going to do both. Who knows? Um, but yeah, Extreme Rules, a week from uh, tomorrow or today, whenever you're listening to this. Um, believe that is going to be uh, Sunday the 9th. Let's just say that. It's a lot easier. Sunday the 9th, I believe, is Extreme Rules. And um, hopefully Bray Wyatt is coming back. Hell, hopefully Sasha Banks is coming back. What if she's the one that's beyond all this? Uh, no, she's not. We know she's not. It's got to be Bray Wyatt. But it would be great to see them both back. Um, yeah, a lot of interesting news to cover um, that we've covered. Um, great shows lately. Uh, Triple H's run on WWE is, is still going good, still going strong. Uh, WWE, AEW's uh, kind of holding steady. And uh, we got Extreme Rules coming up. It's been booked pretty good. And yeah, yeah, possibly the return of Bray Wyatt, um, possibly the departure of Andrade, and uh, yeah, we we lost a legend the other day in Antonio Inoki. Rest in peace again to him. And uh, yeah, let let us know what you guys think. You know, um, you can find me on Instagram at Sean Vanstein uh, or on Twitter at L Superbeast. That's E L Superbeast. And, um, yeah, uh, reach out, tell me what you guys think. Is Sasha coming back? Is Bray coming back? Or all these hints about someone new? What do you think about the mass exodus? Is there any truth to it? Would you want to see guys like, uh, the Young Bucks and Kenny Omega in WWE? Do you think the Young Bucks could actually have a WWE match or their style of match in WWE? I mean, it seems more likely now that Triple H is running things, but... Still might not be very possible. What do you guys think? Hit me up or uh, hit us up at rationalrage.com. Uh, you can find a link there to email questions for wrestling with wrestling. And, uh, you know, this is a little shorter than what I normally do. So if it's a little too short for you, then uh, go back to rationalrage.com and check out some of the uh, other great content that we have. There's... Um, a lot of great shows. There's the main show, The Rational Rage. There's uh, Rational Rage Happy Hour Edition. Uh, these are done by uh, Spiro. 
the man with the plan who runs this. Um, there's the league done by my uh, very good friend BG from San Francisco. He covers the NFL and with a focus on the 49ers. There's uh, the legendary podcast that Spiro does. And, um, you know, he just did a review on the uh, Netflix series Dahmer. So check that out. It's a good quick listen. Good stuff. And yeah, man, hit us up. Uh, look for us on rationalrage.com, but you can also uh, find us wherever you get your podcasts. Spotify, uh, Apple Podcasts, all those places. And thanks for tuning in, everyone. I hope you're having a great weekend. And um, I should be back at it next week. Um, that break was temporary. Like I said, real life kind of got in the way there. But I'm um, back and ready to roll. RIP to Antonio Inoki. And I'll see you guys next week.